Hello, and welcome to the podcast of the Central Church of God, located at 5120 Central Avenue, Portage, Indiana. Here, you can listen to Sunday service by Pastor Robert Sluter. If you have questions, prayer requests, or want more information about our church, please feel free to contact Pastor Robert at 219-963-8496. every chain, break every chain. Do you believe that this morning? Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Lord, we begin to pray that right now over the chains that are bounding our loved ones, the chains that are bounding those that haven't called on the name of the Lord, the ones that we've been praying for and seeking after. But there is power in your name at the name of Jesus. Every demon will tremble. Every demon has to flee. We declare it right now. We worship you, Lord. Glory to your name. Press in right now. Declare the message of that. Hallelujah. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Hallelujah, we worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise to give him all the honor he deserves? Hallelujah. Blessed be your name, blessed be your name. Thank you, praise team, for leading us in worship this morning. The Lord's been stirring in my heart early this week about preaching, and it's not a new message for you. You've heard it, but it's stirring in my heart because of what the Lord has given us this, this season. And the title of the message is the return back home, home to God, home to the family of God. And the Lord was stirring it on me even Friday, and I, I waited till yesterday. I was trying to find the right time to, to do this, and I was just led by the Lord to, to send out a message Say, if you can give me the list, I know we've collected lists before, but give me a list of those you're praying for, your lost loved ones, and uh, lost spouses, husbands, wives, sons, daughters, grandchildren. And I wanted to take them to the Lord, and I want to let you know that any, every list that I got yesterday and even this morning, I took to the Lord, I prayed, lifted every one of the names one by one. I'm trusting the Lord is going to do a work in their hearts. But it's not just my prayers, your prayers too. I know we're, we're joining our prayers together. We're one puts 1,000 in flight, two put 10,000 in flight. We're agreeing together that God is going to break the chains off of those. So I want to preach this, this message this morning. It still lines up with our theme of the year that we are, the, we are believing for the returning, the refining, and the rebuilding in 2023. Again, go ahead and say 2023 is not over. Say it's not over. 
We're going to keep fighting to the end. We're going to believe that there's going to be a, 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 a flux of people coming in, worshiping and serving, ready to receive God's, God's grace and mercy in your life. Amen? We're trusting you, Lord. So let's say the declaration of the word. If you have your Bible, we, we say this, and if you're here this morning, if you're watching online, you, we want you to hear that this word, if you'll be making this a prayer, this is not just a declaration, we're saying this, but we also want to make a prayer, God, I want to receive from you. And if you're watching today, and I'm glad for the day that we're in, I love to see people here, but I know that this message goes beyond these walls. And so for a moment, I'm speaking to you that's out there. You need to receive this word. You need to believe that this is the infallible and errant word of God that we stand on. This is a, a holy, inspired by the Holy Spirit. So that's why every word counts. Everything that we read matters. And so we stand on, on your word right now. Let's say this declaration. I believe this is the word of God. I believe it's fully the word of God in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. I'm ready to receive from God's word today. I'm alert I'm listening, and I'm hungry. Lord, open my ears to hear and my heart to receive in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, I turn that into a prayer right now. For every ear, that, every ear that's hearing this, uh, everyone that's watching this either now or later, I pray that you open up their ears to hear the message of your word, that you open up their, their heart to receive the message and the conviction of the Holy Spirit to bring them back in the right place with you. That's what this is all about. We want to walk in righteousness before you. We want our path to be on the way to heaven not on the way to hell, and you've provided a way for us, uh, but we have to follow you. We have to pick up our cross and follow you, and that's what we've declared to do today in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to go back, and I know the, the slide is there again. I want to go back to the title of this message, The Return Back Home. And I believe this is intentional for us as the Lord gave me this message this week and, uh, and is working on this, this idea of returning back home to him, home to God and home to the family of God. The reason why that, that is in there, because that believes, that really connects with our mission that some of us uh, have set around and, and some means we talked about and we came together as a church. So again, I want you to see this mission statement that we came up with, not just as a slogan, not just as, a, as a, 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 a something to put on a wall, but something that we're on mission to do. It lines up with the Great Commission. But our mission here is to connect people to God. I thought I'd get more amens than that. Our mission is to connect people to God. Isn't that what the Great Commission's about? Uh, this is what we're to do, to, to connect them to God. Uh, he already knows them. He already loves them. We talked about it last week. He knew them in the, uh, He knew us. He knew them in the, his, in the mother's womb. And, and so what, what we're saying, we want you to hear God speak your name again. We want to connect you to the creator of the universe. Uh, and so we're praying this is our mission, to connect people to God and to the family of God. How many knows that's important? You're missed when you're not here, not because you're just filling a seat. Let's make it real. Thanksgiving's coming up. Christmas is coming up. Not too far from now. We're already talking about that. Has anybody ever had those, those family meals where it's always been like this for years and years and years? And you always have, And then some, one year somebody can't make it. And it just doesn't feel the same. That's what it's like being a part of the family of God when we're here together, worshiping together, serving together, and, 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 and doing life together when somebody's not with us. We, we feel that pain of emptiness. 
Because you matter. Every one of you matter. I want you to hear online, you matter. You make a difference uh, uh, when you fill the room with your praises and, and you fill the room with your life because the life of Christ is in here. You make a difference. You, that's why we're trying to keep saying what we want you to be known, notice, and love. And, and it's not just by one person. It's not just by a pastor. It's by the congregation together, the family of God. You matter. You're important. And I want to go ahead and say, because this is how the enemy works at times, and, and sometimes he gets us down that, to feel like, well, no one does care. Don't buy into that lie. Well, no one called me. No one did. I, I understand sometimes life gets busy, things happen, but don't let the enemy tell you that nobody cares. We do. Now, we have to keep working on that. We have to keep growing in that and showing the care, showing the affirmation, not always assuming someone else is making the calls or, or sending the cards and all that, but it's important. We make a difference together. So we want to connect people to God and to the family of God and say it with me, this last line, to be known, noticed, and loved. So this is what takes me to the passage that we're going to look at this morning. Only four verses in the main text. I don't know how long I'm going to preach, maybe not real long, but I just I feel like this is the urgent prayer. We're going to go into prayer today, but this is an urgent message for leading us into prayer. You're familiar with this passage. I've preached on it before, but not, I'm not going to preach on the whole passage. You know the story. There's others who've done such a great job preaching this and illustrating it out. And I just wanted to speak from my heart this morning what God is putting here. Luke 15, starting verse 11. You'll notice this morning you have blank outlines. You're like, well, what was that about? I don't have any subtitles at the beginning. I don't have, I almost didn't even have a PowerPoint, but uh, I decided it's good to have the scriptures out in front of us. I want us to hear, though. I don't want us to get distracted by, I mean, I, take notes. I understand you need to do that. But I don't want to get distracted by a lot of things. I want us to hear the heartbeat of God this morning. He said a certain man had two sons. Now, this is Jesus telling a story. And I believe the story is real. It's nothing he just made up on the fly to, to prove a point. There's a real father. They had two sons that he loved. And the younger one said to the father, Give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided them to his livelihood. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together, he journeyed to a far country. And there he wasted his possessions with prodigal living. This is where we get that term that we use for the prodigals. We're not trying to insult anyone or try to label them or put them in a box. What we're trying to say is we realize that they were under the hand of the father and they decided to walk away from his covering. They wanted to wander out into the world to see what it was like. They wanted to get away from the Father's will. They wanted to get away from what God had for them. They wanted to experience life for themselves, and, and so they drifted away. This is why we use the word prodigal. But in this context, the, the word is here, when he said he was living in prodigal living, some translation says even uh, riotous living. You can start hearing the, uh, this is not a positive thing, right? He's wasting so the idea here is being very wasteful. Here's another one. I want you really to capture this phrase, shamelessly immoral. Not necessarily extravagantly immoral, 
which it could be the case here. We, we hear that he was, he was hanging out with harlots and prostitutes. But those who slipped away, they may not be uh, you know, extravagantly immoral, but if they're immoral and they're not any shame with it, they're shamely immoral. It means they're not, they don't care what anybody else thinks about the lifestyle that they're living when it doesn't line up with God. And there's some who believe in God, who has followed him at one time in their life, and something happened, something began to uh, take root in their life that wasn't from God, and, and, it, and it pulled them away, and they begin to snare, and get, get ensnared, and they begin to live a lifestyle that is not pleasing to the Lord, and begin to be in some immoral acts, and, but then not felt the shame of it. So they continue in those paths, unashamedly being immoral. Also, gives this idea of abandon to vice and corruption. So this son, if you read the whole context, you see he fell into all these things. He, he was wasting his money and, and on his friends and on parties and, and living an immoral lifestyle different than he lived when he was under the home of his father. And that's why our heart breaks so much. That's why I have a heaviness today. Because I know that in this room, and I've received your texts, I've received uh, your phone calls, I, I've been with you in, in, in prayer meetings, I've been with you when you've just came up to me, pray for my daughter, pray for my son, pray for uh, my, my grandchildren, and, and because they fell into this, we even use those kind of terms, they, they fell, the enemy has entrapped them, and, and they know better. This son knew better. Verse 14. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. I want you to hear that one more time. I want you to sink in. I wanted to connect something here in a moment. But when he had spent all that he had, there arose a famine. It's, it, it went from bad to worse. And he began to be in want. He left a home where he didn't have any needs he had everything he needed provided for him. But he wanted it then, there, there, now, at that time. And he got away, and he wastefully used it. He lost the covering of his father. He's a distance from his father. He got away from the hand of the good shepherd. I want to tie this into last week. Look, this is the opposite of what David was saying. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. How do we have that promise? And I know this is, a, this is what you want for your children and your loved ones that are away from God. It seems like they are in want. They're in need, and, and they can't figure it, it out. It, it may not always be financial. So some of us always go to financial. It's not always financial because there's some of your, your loved ones who have made a, a, made, had a good job. They made a, they're making a good living, and, and they're not in need, but they're wasting it, though. They're wasting their life. They're, they're wasting their monies on, on things that are not of God. And it's breaking your heart because you're like, I, I've raised them better. And maybe you have a story that you didn't raise them in the house of the Lord, but you came to the Lord later in life, and now you're trying to show the, the light of Christ to them. And, and we've got to work through that. But this one knew that he, he could count on his father to take care of him. He didn't have any needs. He didn't have any wants. But now after he took everything he could get and he left and he spent it all, now he's in want. He doesn't have the Lord as his shepherd. David is saying, I have the Lord as my shepherd, and because of that, I don't have wants because he's covering my needs this is the relationship that we want for ourselves first of all we have to be right with God we have to walk in righteousness we have to live it out before him 
But then we're praying for our lost loved ones because we don't want them to be without. And then we're not just talking about their needs. We're talking spiritual. We don't want them to be without the protection of God. We don't want them to be without the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We don't want them to be without the covering of the blood of Jesus Christ that, that forgives them of their sins. We want them to have this. Uh, this is in us uh, to share this truth and, and our heart breaks for them. So Lord, as we talked about the Psalms 23 last week, that really focusing on us being in the arms of the Lord, we turn this into a prayer. For our loved ones, you want to lead them beside still waters. You want to give them the peace that we have. You want to give them the peace that we experience. You want them to know that you're guiding them. You want your rod and staff to lead them and direct them. They're trying to run away from that. What's interesting in this passage in Luke chapter 15, there's two other stories that's connected with it. One is the, of the lost coin and one is of the lost sheep. And Jesus is telling those stories before he tells this one to, to, make the, to bring the point home. But he was talking about a shepherd. Didn't we talk about the shepherd last week? Uh, that the Lord is our shepherd. We're not going to be one if we stay with him. He, he wants to, to lead us with his, his staff and, and guide us. Uh, uh, he wants us to, to know that he is, his presence is always with us. But in this passage right before, Jesus said, But the good shepherd, when he sees a sheep that wanders off, he'll leave the 99 and go after that one. How many times have you prayed that prayer for your lost one? Lord, go after them one more time. Go after them again. I, 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 this, they're, they're so important to me. Lord, Holy Spirit, go knock on their heart again. Knock on their heart one more time. I, I, I thank, Lord, if you do it again, that they'll hear you. Because I know when you really love someone, Mothers, when you've given birth to that child, that son, that daughter, there's that special bond, and you want the best for them. No matter how much they hurt you, you end up loving them anyway. It's that unconditional love. It's the love that God puts within us. So I know there's not a day goes by that you don't think of your family, your sons, your daughter, your grandchildren, that are a blessing. That you're praying, God, protect them. Keep your hand on them. Touch them one more time. So here's what I want to move into. Let's do the Bible. You ready? I want you to meditate on this this week. Give you time. Take a picture. Write it down. What does it mean to be shamelessly persistent to pray for the prodigals to return back home? That's an interesting term. Stay with me, I'll show you where I got it. Meditate on what it means to be shamelessly persistent to pray for the prodigals to return back home. Are you ready? Earlier in the book of Luke, he writes about another 
story that Jesus tells. This is in Luke chapter 11. If you read chapter 11, you'll understand that this is Jesus talking about the importance of prayer, how to pray. And in the middle of that teaching on prayer, this is where you hear, you know, ask and seek and knock. That's the context. But in this, he gives this story, just a couple of verses. And again, the writer's not writing down everything that Jesus says, and, and he's just picking up these main points, but he felt it was important to share this story that Jesus said to those who were around him and listening. And he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey. I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. Verse 8. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Because of his his persistence, the the King James says of his importunity, because of his persistence. And and, and it's a word that's kind of with, with boldness, without care to what they think. With this persistence, let me give it to you in one more translation. New Living Translation says it like this. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for his friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Get the picture of what he's saying. This neighbor comes and he begins to knock on the door. It's midnight. He knocks quietly the first time. I don't, want to, I don't want to wake the neighborhood. But I have a friend that came, and I don't have anything, but I need to feed them. They've been on a long journey. I know my friend next door is usually so good to me. I, I bet I can ask him. Hey, what, do you, what do you want? You know it's midnight. Yeah, I've got a friend that just came in. I, I need some bread. Man, I've already put the kids down to bed. Don't wake them up. It's so hard to get them to sleep tonight. Leave me alone. Door closes. That's not good enough. I got to have some bread. There's no one else I can turn to. A little bit louder. Comes back. Are you still here? I told you I'm not. I can't. I don't want to wake up the house. For me to get that, I'm going to make a bunch of noise. It's going to wake up everybody. It's going to be uncomfortable for them. Lord, help us not get uncomfortable. I can't help you. Closes the door again. But this one who is shamelessly persistent, a little bit louder. Now someone next door is starting to hear, you hear a knocking out there? Friend comes to the door again. I'm told you, I know you got a little bit louder. You almost woke the dog. Now quit. You'll start him barking. He'll have everybody in the neighborhood. I don't want to do this tonight. I'll help you in the morning. I'll help you tomorrow. Just trust me. Closes the door. Hey! 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 Shamelessly. 
I'm not giving up. Hey, I need something from you right now. I'm telling the whole neighborhood right now. I'm at Fred's house. I need something from Fred. Nobody else will give it to me. And I'm going to stay right here, Fred, until you give me what I need. Do you see the picture? Shamelessly. I don't care what the neighbors think. I don't care what they're thinking of me right now. I don't care I'm making your house uncomfortable. This person has come to me on this long journey. They're weary. They can't make it till morning. They need something right now. They won't let me go to bed until I feed them. So I'm going to find something. This is the urgency that we need to pray for our lost loved ones. This is what Jesus is talking about prayer. Keep coming to me. Keep. I want to know how desperate you are. This is not God hanging a, a carrot over a teasing us but there's sometimes he wants to move through our desperation are we desperate for our loved ones can I show you something here both these words are used only one time in the New Testament this word for persistent shamelessly persistent it's only used one time the, the word for prodigal it's only used one time. You'll see the word as prodigal in some translations, but the, the original word in the original language, it's, it's only used one time in the New Testament. Look at this. So we must be in prayer, shamelessly persistent, to win the shamelessly immoral. How many knows that greater is he than is in us? It's in this world. We can't be ashamed. So I've, I've gone through, just like you have, different seasons of how do, we, how do I lead people to pray for their lost loved ones? Some of you have been in these situations. I've been talking to them every day. I've been, and now I feel like I'm hounding them and they don't even want to talk to me. And sometimes I'm like, well, maybe you just need to back off just a little bit. And you know, I'm, worried, I'm thinking about that doing it. Maybe because we don't want to push them away from God. Wait a minute. They're already away from God. How can we push them away from God if they're not already serving him? Maybe we need to be more persistent. I, 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 you got it, what day of the week it is when you're going to feel what kind of message is this for them. I'm, I'm, but this is what I'm feeling right now. God, help us be persistent. I know they're going to get tired of it, but I want to invite them every week to church. Pastor, if, if I do that, but you can do it in love. You can do it easily. He's like, I'd love for to see you at church with me on Sunday. Leave it at that. But being persistent. It's like, well, I'm going to test it out. I'm going to, I'm going to not invite them and see when they're going to ask. Well, it's been a long time since you invited me. Don't play games with them. Don't let them have the upper hand. And it, no. Go ahead and be persistent shamelessly persistent. It doesn't mean that you're going to be rude to them, but you're saying, I'm not giving up on you. I'm, I'm going to let you know I'm praying for you every day. I'm not ashamed to let you know I'm praying for you every day. I'm not judging you, but you know that God has better plans for your life than what you're experiencing right now. And I'm going to invite you every week. Well, they may not talk to me. Well, you can still text them. They may block me. That's on them. 
I believe that we can keep going to the Holy Spirit. We can keep going to Jesus, and he's the one that can go beyond any text. He can go beyond any phone call. He can go beyond any conversation and start knocking on their heart's door, but we've got to be persistent, not just hiding in our closet. This neighbor didn't go to the back window and, and, and sneak into his neighbor's house to get what he needed. He boldly went to the front door and began to knock louder and louder. I need this answered today. How many has an urgency for your prodigals today? I need this answer. God, I need you to move on their heart one more time today, this very hour, this very moment. I, I don't want to wait till another week. I, I don't want to wait till I invite them to a communion at the cross. I, I don't want to wait till they come to a Christmas program. I want them to experience your love, your mercy. I want them to experience the conviction of the Holy Spirit that will get them on the right path today, this moment, this very hour. Is anybody believing with me right now? I don't know how much time we have left on this earth. It could be tomorrow. It could be another 10, 20. We don't know. All we know is this. We need to be ready. And the urgency for us to pray for our lost loved ones, it to be heightened. But it's weary. It's draining. It is. But their soul's worth it. And I know... Being real, sometimes you get so aggravated. I've heard some of your stories, and I've, and I've been aggravated with you. Man, that, they're, if they're treating you like that, just let them go. You know, but that's, that's the flesh, right? How many know we, we battle flesh and spirit? But deep down inside, you're like, I can't let them go. I love them too much, and God loves them too much. You may be asking, Pastor, how long are you going to keep preaching about prodigals until we see the house full of prodigals. But I'm not going to label them as prodigals. I'm going to label them as believers. I'm believing right now they're going to be Christ followers. Lord, I just submit this to you today. So we've seen songs this morning that even Embrace the thought of the prodigals coming home. We've all been prodigals. We've all been away from you. But those of, who've called on your name, just like that father in story, he came running. You've come running to us. And you drape us. You clothe us with righteousness. You call us your own. We've been redeemed. We're your child. We've been saved by grace, covered by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We've been redeemed, and we want that for our loved ones. As the praise team comes back, I didn't know what the day would be like. I was hoping there would be several here that didn't know the Lord that would want to respond to a message. But prophetically, I'm going to keep preaching these, believing. So let's just take a survey. Does anybody have someone that you're praying for? Almost every hand in this room is raised. Can you endure one more message like this if they're sitting beside you? Now, I'm going to trust the Lord and keep preaching other messages, but when I feel led to a salvation message, because... 
But there's only one person in the room that needs it. That one person <laughs> needs it. So I've got to talk a moment about repentance and part of our prayer. We're, we're praying for them to come to a place of repentance. Not just a, a place just to uh, say, Lord, I'm sorry, and then go back to continue living the way they were. That's not repentance. That's an emotional response to a message at a moment. Because the presence of the Lord. We're praying for that turning away from. See, the scripture in Luke 15, it says, and when he came to his senses, he thought, it's better at home. He came to, he goes, I'm living a life that I don't need to be living. I, I know I can, there, I can change. I can be in a different place. I, I'm not expecting to be at the status I was before, but I know I can at least go home and have food. When he came to his senses, and that's what I'm praying right now, Lord, we pray for our prodigals. Let them come to their senses of who they are in you and who you want them to be in you. I pray for them right now, Heavenly Father. Let them come to their senses. Let them find their way back home. Home to the Father. Home to God. Home to the family of God. I know we have needs today here. And I trust the Lord to meet every one of them. If you need a physical healing, I believe God can touch you right where you're at. But can we shamelessly intercede this morning for our lost loved ones? Can you find a place to either stand or sit just to press in and pray? Not for ourselves. If you need salvation, I'm here. I'll pray with you. But praying for those, it's important today. We believe in the power of the cross, amen? Lord, I pray over this message that as it leaves this room and moves on our hearts that we're ministering throughout this week and praying for our lost loved ones, I pray for those who may be watching this later on or watching it now, move on their heart where they're at. There's an urgency in us, O oh Lord, to pray this way today. Will you come find a place of prayer? Let's pray for our lost loved ones this morning. There's a place where mercy reigns and never dies. a place where streams of grace flow deep and wide for all the love I've ever found comes like a flood comes flowing down at the the cross I surrender my life I'm in all of you I'm in all of you where your love brings
This is what I'm feeling the Lord leading us to do. I know there's so many other people that we need to pray for, but I want to just be obedient right now to the voice of the Lord. If you have a son or a daughter that is away from God, I want you to come and stand right here. I know there's others we could, we could list, but I just feel urgent right now. If you have a son or a daughter that is away from the Lord. I want you to come right here, right now. Let's just, we're going we're gonna to have a holy huddle right here. Trust in the Lord. doesn't matter how old they are. If, they, if they're young enough to, to know the Lord, 
If they've been out of the home for a long time, this is important. Just gather in really close. There's a lot here to coming in. These are your children. These are your children. And as much as love that you have for them, I want you to know that God has that much more. He loves them. So God, we gather together right now and we begin to pray for our lost sons and daughters. Lord, you see the pain of these parents, these mothers, these fathers that are here praying. Not, they're not trying to come down on their children. They love them. They want the best for them. They want them to be safe in your hand because, Lord, there's a day where, where their life will be over. Either, by the, either the rapture is going to take place or they'll be left behind or they'll go, they'll come to a, a tragic end of life and, and they'll be before you in judgment. Lord, you want to judge them righteous, so we're urgently, we pray right now. We shamelessly come before your throne, abandoned of all dignity, saying, God, we need you to move on our children, oh God. We need you to move on our children's heart, oh Lord. Move on them, oh Jesus. Your heart is broken for our sons and our daughters who are away from you. We pray this very hour, Lord. Knock on their heart's door one more time. You're chasing them, oh Lord. We're believing, oh God. We're believing, oh Lord. We're believing, oh Lord. Whatever it takes, sometimes that's a hard prayer, but whatever it takes, Lord, to get their attention, oh God. You want to invite them to the table to sit down in the presence of their enemies, the ones that are trying to bound, that's got them bound right now. Listen to this picture. The enemy has them bound. But Jesus says, I'm preparing a table in the presence of your enemies. We're praying right now prophetically that they're being loosed by the grip of the enemy and they're making their way to sit at the table that Jesus has prepared. The enemy is still going to be standing around looking and, and wanting to taunt them, but their back is against them, and, and they're not seeing the enemy anymore. They're seeing the arms. They're seeing the eyes and the love of Jesus. Uh, they're not listening anymore to the voice of the enemy, even though he may be trying to get close to the table. We rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Uh, Lord, we pray as they come to the table and they sit down uh, with you, O oh God, that you're forgiving them and you're protecting them, and they're keeping their eyes on you. See, the Word of God says that we were to keep our eyes on Jesus, the author, and finish our faith. And so when we're sitting at the table, when they're sitting at the table, Lord, not let them look around at anything else, but see you and see the blessings that you have for them at the table. Let them say, I do not want to leave this place. I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to linger in the presence of the Lord. Lord, I pray, let them experience your presence. Let them urge and long for your presence, O oh God.
Lord, I want to take this one step further. Lord, I pray, empower us, anoint us, O God. Help us walk in your righteousness so much, not to bring any glory to us, but, Lord, let, the, let your love be shining through us so much that our children say, I want what you have. So here's the thing with parents. Have you seen the generations? Our kids have more than you did when they grew up. Every generation was, has more and, and seems to have more. And the, what the earlier generations had to work hard for to get to. The younger generations, they want it now and they find a way to get it now. And, and a lot of parents are enabling that. They help them get it now. Because it's the love of the parent. I want you to have it better off than I did. And a lot of the kids are looking it's like, I want what you have. I want that. Lord, I pray that they desire, as they see us walk in righteousness and holiness, and they see us walk in your favor, they, they see that you're with us, let them say, Lord I, Lord, I want that, what my parents have. I want to have that relationship with you that my parents have. I, I want to have that relationship that my mother has. Uh, when I hear her pray in the, in the closet, when I, see her, when I hear her praying uh, alone, and I see her worshiping around that, I want to have that kind of relationship. Lord, I want to have a relationship like my father, that, that I know that, that you hear him when he prays, and, and that when he prays, he gets a hold of the, the throne room of God because he's, he's urgent in prayer. He's persistent in prayer. and He's walking a, a life of right. Lord, I pray, let them desire to be, oh Lord. Help us, Lord, as parents to pass down that faith, unwavering faith. But we have to live it out before them. Help us, oh Lord, to walk in your righteousness. Glory be to your name. Amen. 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 One more time, sing it prophetically at the cross. Look, your children are coming. They're, sinner, they're surrendering their life. We believe it. so good. I'm going to do one thing. I'm going to ask my wife to come. Brandy, if you'll come up here. Just say one more prayer in these lines that we're in right now, and then say the, the closing of Psalm 94. It'll be on the screen for you. Lord, we thank you for the mothers and the fathers that are standing here and their children that they are representing. God, I pray, Lord, that you would bring back to the remembrance the words that have been spoken over them. And God, I pray, Lord, that those prayers that have been prayed over the families, over the children, God, that you would bring back that, bring it to reality. God, the words that are spoken. God, I pray, and I'm just going to be honest, church hurt is real. 
And God, I pray, Lord, that for each child that is represented here that is saying, I'm not going back to the church because of the hurt that I've experienced. God, let them see that you did not let them down, but man let them down. Man hurt them. Man wounded them. It had nothing to do with you. But God, bring them back to you. God, let them see you and not man. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would just touch each person that is represented. As I was standing back there, God, I was calling back names. I was looking at who was here, and I'm calling them back from the gates of hell. The world cannot have them. The enemy cannot have them. God, they are yours. They belong to you. And I'm standing in faith, believing that they are going to walk through this door, and they are going to find themselves at the foot of the cross, and that they are going to call out your name. And God, that every fear, everything that they have walked through is going to fall at your feet. God, that a total repentance is going to happen. God, that they sin before you. Yes, they sinned against their family, but that repentance is going to happen in Jesus' name. We are standing upon the word of God and standing and saying, we claim them back in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you, and we thank you in advance for what you are going to do. God, revival is going to come through our prodigals. We're believing it, and we're standing up on it in the name of Jesus. Lord, bless us today in Jesus' name, and let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen.